Ted was just regaling me with some tales of his old computer club <laughs> days, and you know, he had all these cables and helping people out. It was kind of interesting. Yes, I have my my cord bin, which is very full, very, <laughs> full of very useless cables. But <laughs> yeah, me too. I that's what I was talking about, oh, and how frustrating it is every time I had updated my wife's computer to a newer intel imac from an older one and trying to plug you know use a thunderbolt cable to attach the two the ports the port shapes are different <laughs> from 2015 to 2019 it's just amazing it's like right. yeah. i need another adapter <laughs> yeah yeah right they changed the thunderbolt or i think thunderbolt one and two are maybe the same and then three is when it shifted yeah I, I remember which one it was but yeah i was just it would have been nice if I could have used the higher speed, but oh well, mm. you know, the gigabit yeah. Ethernet's good enough, right? And not the old true. tried and true gigabit. Yeah, Ethernet. yeah. Does anyone uh, miss the FireWire days? <laughs> I actually found an old FireWire iPod in my corner. Oh, so that's oh, my... I I have the I, I got to tell you, I have the original iPod. It's it's in my box, my bin of cables. I had to keep it. I bought it. My wife bought it for me as a gift literally the day before Apple announced the $100 price drop. <laughs> Naturally. It, was, it probably still works, but <laughs> if I could find a brick in a, you know, that's yeah. funny. Nice. All right. Uh, now that we're all here, might as well get the ball rolling, even though I would enjoy a lengthy discussion about cables and, and computer clubs <laughs> and everything. Um, that's good, too. But we have uh, some special events. So welcome yep. to the Mac Gamecast episode 26. John Carr is always with me today. Is Sam and Ted. How are you doing, gents? I'm doing very well. well. Thank you. Huzzah, huzzah. Casper uh, was uh, trying to be here. He's stuck at a family event. He may just jump in. He may not. But it, if he suddenly, you know, I told him just like, feel free to, you know, crash the podcast, so to speak. <laughs> Lily, of course, is still uh, super busy with her army stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, Apple uh, had their sneak peek, wasn't it? Yeah, peak. No, what was it called? Peak, peak performance. Peak performance event yeah. on Tuesday. That was what four or five days ago now, and they announced some interesting things. Um, but I would like to hear you guys talk about them first. Um, Sam, what was the most interesting thing to you out of the event? Yeah, so the most interesting thing, definitely for me and probably most Mac gamers that they're listening, is it would be the Mac Studio they just released. Um, and if you haven't seen the news, it's basically a Mac Mini Pro or a Mac Pro Mini, however you, however you want to word it. Um, it's take, it takes the M1X, it, allow, it has the new M1 Ultra, which is two M1Xs, um, sort of glued together to uh, put it crudely. <laughs> and uh, so theoretically, it's, it's double the graphical and, and CPU performance of the M1 Max, but the base model has the M1 Max. If you want the cheaper sort of entry-level model that will match the uh, the MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pros in performance. Um, I, w- I was pretty impressed. The only thing that I wasn't overly impressed with was the price seemed a little high, but it's it's cheaper than the MacBook Pro if if you're comparing apples to apples with the specs hmm. uh, by about 30ish percent um but I would have liked to seen lower because I just feel like the MacBook Pro obviously is a much more complicated 
chassis. It's got that beautiful mini LED display and it's got like a big battery and keyboard and trackpad and MagSafe and um, a lot going on that this, this thing's just a aluminum box or cube sort of back to the old cube days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is cheaper than the MacBook Pro. So you are, you're saving a bit, but it's not like I would have liked to see maybe a, a couple hundred bucks cheaper than what it is. Like but, 1800 but, US instead of 2K or, yeah, or like for the yeah. lower end. Well, because you still need or, a monitor. Yeah, or what I, what I would have loved to see is if they had options to start at the M1 Pro instead of the M1 Max. Hmm. So if you wanted, let's say, a Mac Studio, or, or, or maybe you wanted a MacBook Pro for the performance, but you don't have... Uh, whatever they started like two grand or something, and maybe you can get closer to that one thousand dollars starting point if you got like a base M1 Pro, um, obviously with no monitor, keyboard, and mouse. But uh, assuming you can find cheap peripherals elsewhere, so but overall, really, really impressed. It's it's been the long, longly sort of rumored, not really rumored, but on the Mac Gate forums I'm on, they always talk about the Mac MIDI, and so how they would, and it would be. Um, it sort of falls into that category that hasn't existed for decades, uh, really, in Apple's right. stack. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really interesting. I also agree, yeah, I mean, if you're talking, like, 16-inch MacBook Pro, I mean, they start at 2500 Uh, You know, but of course, yeah, you're getting all the things you mentioned that go along with the laptop. Um, I think the studio is really cool. I find it tempting I am also mildly annoyed. It's really binary. Like, you get a $2,000 option, and of course you can upgrade it. Or you get a $4,000 option, and again, you can upgrade it. Um, obviously, it's good there's options, and it's not like, boom, there's only a $4,000 option. Um, so I think it was very smart for a variety of reasons, whether it's work or play, um, to offer just the M1 Max option. I wouldn't have mind something, maybe one more option, either in the middle or even lower, like you are saying, an M1 Pro um, but, you know, Apple wants to separate their products, incentivize people to buy them for X reason. Of course, they heavily, uh, you know, they're heavily marketing it for, you know, well, hence it's in the name, in the studio for your professionals, your creatives, whether it's at home or, you know, in an office somewhere. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for gamers, though, who want, maybe you already have a monitor, and that's convenient because you can just grab the studio. Um, I think Apple's display they introduced along with it's a little excessively expensive it's like 1600 us it, it's a cool display it does a lot of neat things but you know if you're even to pair it with a lower end two thousand dollar studio i mean you're looking at 3600 minimum plus tax and that's not even any upgrades you might need um so i think it's a little crazy well for like say the average user or gamer type especially if you are a creative professional in need of certain monitor certain features probably good has tons of ports on it in fact it even has an m1 chip in the monitor or something silly um yeah power all sorts of stuff um so you're practically buying a computer monitor sort of especially for the price um you know i'm a minimalist i only want to buy exactly what i need i don't need a 1600 monitor um so i wish apple would introduce something i don't know a 500 monitor or an 800 i mean it's like Give me, give me something more like I can get a nice computer and a monitor for like three grand or slightly under would be nice. Obviously, you can go on the third party market. There's zillions of monitors all over. You just need the right adapter, blah, blah, blah. But um, that was, you know, it, it's a minor gripe in the grand scheme of things. I am excited they're introducing 
not a tower, but I guess, yeah, we're going back to the cube, the box days. Um, And I always liked the idea of a mini in terms of its size, but never its power. So I never got one. Obviously, the studio is bigger, but it's not that much bigger. It's got a pretty small footprint for what it does. But uh, Ted, what did you? Uh, what were you excited by at the event? Uh, I, it's sa- same thing essentially, because it was the only thing that they announced that it really kind of grabbed my attention. Of uh, the, you know, the um, studio, and uh, there's a lot of things about. I was a lot of things about it that would, you know, it seems like to me it would be really good for a gamer. The fact that there's a multiple amount of ports. I mean, you're going to have you know, external drives or external monitors. I mean, I don't know how many people play with more than one monitor, but I think a lot do. <laughs> and uh, I I liked, I always liked the, um, the uh, mini concept of, you know, bring your own monitor, keyboard, and mouse, only because I usually replace my keyboard at mouse at least on, on the Macs that I buy anyhow, because I like wired keyboard and... I, you know, especially and mouse for gaming, because I just don't want, you know, the Bluetooth interruptions at the worst moment, you know, and I've had that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I kind of like that. I just um, there's a lot of things about it I like and it really attracted me. But again, the price points a little bit high from you know i don't think your average gamer is going to go out and pick one up unless they have all those bits and pieces already i mean i suppose if if you had an older power book and you were plugging it into a uh, you know external monitor keyboard and such uh and you wanted to get something a lot more powerful this would be a great way to go um you know and i i i you know if you already had the stuff if you have to buy it I have to agree with you, John, on the on the studio display. I don't know what it is with Apple, but I know their monitors. The monitors that they come up with are excellent, great display, great you know visual properties. But my gosh, they're always more expensive, and you can get excellent third party ones out there that do just about all of it. And the only thing I could think about the 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 new display is they had a whole bunch of bodies of uh, 27 inch IMAX that they didn't know what to do with. <laughs> <laughs> so they took out the computer, put in some processors, and made it made it. You know, I mean, it even has the ports of a 27 inch IMAX. <laughs> His speakers, the whole 10 yards, the leftover IMAX. So that in mind, you know, my hope. For the future is a, a slightly larger, like maybe a 32 inch iMac. Mm. You know? Yeah. But Ka- anyhow. I think, yeah. I think it was Casper who pointed out in our chat um, the other day after the event that the 27, or it could have been Sam, one of the, one of the guys, uh, the 27 inch iMac is no longer for sale. They are phasing right. it out. Right. Yeah. I, I saw that too. Yeah. I believe uh, Ted's theory uh, seems quite substantial in my mind. They're like, hey guys, we're facing out the twenty-seven design. What do we do with like all these frames? Let's design a fancy monitor. Um, yeah, I I believe that totally. Uh, it's funny because uh, I check you know multiple news sources you know uh, on the Mac and PC side usually every day, and uh, there was even an article in PC Gamer about the monitor. <laughs> like you know. Uh, I don't know. Apple's, I don't know, $1,600 monitor is like something is the, the title of the article is something like 
Apple makes expensive monitor no one should ever buy or something. Um, you know, because they understand. They even, they even surprisingly, PC Gamer, of all places, were praising them for their, you know, uh, new hardware and the performance. And they said, oh, you know, really cool stuff. But then, you know, they put out something like this, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just excessive. I mean... I know there's parties out there who say, well, all Apple stuff's excessive and it's all horribly overpriced. I don't agree with that in general. Uh, in fact, I think it's very well-priced in general with a few exceptions, such as this monitor. Um, I just, I, you know, I mean, of course, my my professional work as it relates to Macs is uh, limited to web development, not design even, development. So I don't need like some super fancy monitor with perfect colors and grading and all this kind of stuff because i'm not working in lightroom or photoshop or whatever pick editing program name here um you know sure i tinker with some youtube videos but very basic stuff um so i guess you know maybe there are people out there in those uh, professions or, or hobbies or whatever who are actually very excited about this monitor i have no idea because i'm not in i'm not in that you know space that might even you know consider requiring it yeah, the monitor it's um it's it's the 5K display that came out like 5 years ago in a new body. Um it's in terms of the actual like panel um that they they boosted the brightness slightly so they could get that HDR 600 mm. sticker on the uh on the box. But mm. otherwise it's 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 the LG 5K ultra fine whatever it was called that came out years ago. Um obviously they have the other stuff like they they're they got all the marketing with the speakers in it and the really nice webcam and like they ha- it's an a 13 chip which is like the iphone oh, yeah. 11 chip that's inside oh, yeah. um all the ports so those are all really nice but it, just in terms of like what your eyeballs are seeing it's it's a five-year-old panel um so it's it's a really good panel and i think it's a little bit i'm i'm frustrated too it's, i think it's way overpriced i think it's a really nice display but it's it's old and it, it it's mm. just one there's no like dimming zones like the new mini LED displays or, or the Pro Spec XDR or what some of the newer third party displays have. So it's it's a really really good screen that I think could have commanded this price in like 2017 2018, but we're now four or five years past that. So mm-hmm. it's still a really good screen. And like you guys were saying that they have the bodies of the 27 um, inch IMAX. I think for sure. Because you see them marketing the speakers and stuff. I know the 27th iMac has really nice speakers. So it's like, mm, I bet that's the speakers in the new studio display. And uh, they, they, so it's it's a nice display if you want that all-in-one, like it's almost like a hub plus monitor plus webcam plus speakers. I think it can maybe justify its price. Um, but outside of that very specific use case where I want all those things, um, it's really expensive so and the other thing i saw people point out is that like dad's point a lot of people like having two displays and people with maybe a little bit more money like to have two matching displays well all that extra stuff like speakers and webcam and that's all redundant if it's a second mm. display because you don't need two sets of speakers and two webcams and like right so right but yeah, no that's a really good point. it looks nice but uh looks nice yeah, oh, and I, then one, yeah. oh, one other thing I wanted to point out, like you guys mentioned that iMac got discontinued. So that's the last Intel consumer Mac. The, the only Intel Mac left that Apple sells is the, the full Mac Pro uh-huh. um, at this point in time. So we're, we're almost there. And they, uh, they mentioned in the keynote, I, f- I forgot to mention this earlier, 
they did say a full Mac Pro is coming, so this isn't this isn't the Mac Pro. Right. Um, so Pros will have probably another double performance or something on top of this to look forward to. Um, right. But yeah, it's uh, what did you guys think of the? I know we're hoping there's a 32 inch iMac coming, but the 27 inch for now being done because I know both you guys own one. Like that form factor just doesn't really exist anymore. And by form factor, it would just mean the literal dimensions, but also the the marriage of sort of like pro specs with that large display and stuff. So yeah, that's that's gone now. So what do you guys think? <laughs> and, uh, what do you think, Ted? I don't know. I mean, I, it really bothers me. Like I say, I hope they replace it with something. Um, yeah, I'm not going to buy. I used to own Mac Pros all the time because I thought they were better for gaming. But that was back when they were you could actually do something with them, like expand them yourself. <laughs> the open machines. I had all. I had both of them over right. time. The like but, 2008 one or whatever was really good. Yeah, yeah, the Mac Pro G5, which was the ultimate expandable thing. That was the most wonderful machine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, but um, you know, it, I just feel like I feel like I've been orphaned from Apple. It, you know, unless they until they announce something that might replace the thing, I've gotten spoiled. I, you know, I was, I was joking around with my wife the other day and I, and they said, you know, I wish there would, you know, and maybe there is a way to turn my, um, well, actually we we're talking about turning her old, uh, iMac into just a, a monitor so she could buy a Mac mini and have a small monitor <laughs> because she doesn't like the, the big 24 inch ones. It just, you know, it's her space workout, you know, space doesn't work out for it. But anyhow, I, you know, I just feel like, where are we going to go? And, you know, those of us who really like the uh, the big display, I mean, it, it's like, okay, you know, big pause while we wait for another announcement and and hope the one I have continues to uh, survive until something good comes along or I'll be going down to a, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah. I might, I might end up, you know, buying two computers and having a small Mac and a, you know, a small uh, PC or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, the reason, you know, we're bothering to harp on about the monitor and I just want to go back to that really quick um, is because it's the only thing Apple is officially offering along with the new studio. So they took away something that like the 27 inch iMac and went here, here's something way more like way more expensive which you may or may not need. So that's that's really my gripe is that they discontinued it. Okay, they in a sense replaced it, but it's a thirty six hundred dollar package minimum rather than yeah. a two or two and a half thousand. But like you're paying a lot more, like a one more grand, maybe yeah. even more. Uh, that's really my complaint is that they took something away and only replaced it on a re like a much more expensive level, um, which mm -hmm. I don't think is good because the more expensive things are typically the less accessible they are um you know so that's my gripe with that and seeing as apple does have good design like couldn't they make a nice monitor without all that fancy stuff all like sam was saying then you could have two of them and it wouldn't be redundant nix the camera and all the speakers and whatever and um chop the price in half or whatever um and i think they should have made it you know like 120 hertz you know, a nice a nice screen like their new laptops. That's what I was expecting. 
you know, if it also had that, maybe it justifies the price. Um, but anyway, going back to your question just now, um, I don't know how it really makes me feel. It's mostly interesting. I definitely was surprised. Um, when Casper said it, I was like, what? <laughs> it was my first response. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? It's gone. Like, it's it's been around forever. It'll always be there forever, right? And like, huh. So that's interesting. Obviously, companies are allowed. I mean, they can do whatever they want, technically. But um, they're allowed to make shifts in their product line and their, you know, design philosophies and whatever. So, uh, you know, my, my MX really cranked up and it'll still be good for a couple years due to its specs easily like i'm in, i'm i have no particular need to upgrade it um i am tempted by a new studio um but the monitor thing is making me really squirrely and the sort of like i want more of the specs of the m1 ultra but i don't really want to pay four grand i guess as a baseline i wish they had like a three grand option or something that's also making me a little squirrely. Um, I guess what's interesting is uh, our the twenty our twenty seven inch IMAX because Casper has one too. Um, I guess in a sense they could become like collectors' items because <laughs> it's discontinued and out of print or whatever, as they might say in other other industries. I don't know what the term is here exactly. Um, so it's interesting. I don't necessarily think it's a good thing only because I didn't appropriately replace it in my mind, mostly through that monitor offering. Could you go somewhere else and buy one and end up at a similar price point? Yes, but you have to go do that and do all that work and make sure it's compatible and is what you want and it has the right cable or adapter and blah, 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 versus, boom, here's the new studio, boom, here's you know a reasonably play- priced 27-inch monitor to go along with it, and then here's a higher-end offering. I find it curious mostly because... With all their offerings, they do, in fact, give you a tier, even in the studio itself. There's a two grand option. There's a four grand option. Most of the laptops have two to three options, each one. Um, So I guess I find it odd that they're making this big push with this new product. But then, as you pointed out, offering like a five-year-old monitor, essentially, even if it's fancied up, um, and nothing else. I don't know. It It just seems weird to me. I don't know. Apple's clearly capable of making amazing monitors, as evidenced by the laptops, why don't you just make a really nice monitor that's just a monitor? <laughs> People would buy it. I think um, I think w- w- one reason why we're seeing a lot of this is with the new M1 insert buzzword chips, um, They the power has, and by power I mean the voltage and like energy requirements, have gotten a lot lower. So you're, the laptops got elevated really highly. So the new MacBook Pros are basically, I know we don't have a new 27-inch iMac, but they're performing at the level that I think had we got a new 27-inch iMac, the 16-inch MacBook Pro is performing probably at the same level with the M1 Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe Apple's banking on, well, people will just buy laptops now because their laptops got a lot better. Um, the laptops sort of got desktop grade. Um mm. Whereas previously, like even the top end, like I have one sitting beside me here for work, my work 16-inch MacBook Pro, the Intel one, it's it's a really powerful machine, but it, it got destroyed by the 27-inch iMac in terms of performance. They both have the Core i9, but I have the the mobile Intel one on my laptop, and the the desktop iMac has like, I think it's around to twice as powerful, um, even mm. though it's the same marketing right. around it with the i9 and stuff. 
So maybe that's the reason why Apple's just kind of relegating desktops to like only people who actually need like insane power, like like only like only real professionals, so to speak. Um, right. But I, I kind of hope not. I, I love desktops. Um, and it's it's. I know we harped on the price a little already, but they they they're just so much easier to make. So they they don't they don't have to cost nearly as much. Like in a laptop like the MacBook Pro, to cool that M1 Max, you got to be obviously designing a really fancy cooling system, but you also got to be cognizant of weight. Like you can't just have like a 12 pound brick in your backpack. <laughs> um, whereas this M, this Mac Studio, you you could put 10 pounds of copper on top of the chip and who cares it just sits on your desk um so oh well it's still probably a little bit high but i know we already talked about that the, the <laughs> one thing i'll point out with the display which is a good thing sort of not apple's display but the lack of display for gamers is you can pair it now with whatever display you want whether that be like a 1080p 144 hertz or a 1440p and those resolutions are much much nicer for gaming on just because 5k obviously looks really good but it's also insanely hard to run at any reasonable frame rate so now if you pair let's say the mac studio with a a nice 1440p monitor you can probably run at native res 60 plus fps in a lot more titles um you can't really do that on a 5k display so that's one little mm. caveat i remember that way from way back in the day when the imax made the jump to 5k people were pointing that out that well, I can't really run my, my games at native res anymore. But so it's nice that we have that option again. But uh, yeah, that's one one small silver lining. Yeah, it's a good option for sure. And that was as soon as I saw it, that's where my mind went. I'm like, okay, Studio is pretty cool. Would probably get an M1 um, Max versus an Ultra, even though I want an Ultra. I just don't want to pay four grand for it. Um, but I immediately thought of that. Hmm, 1440p monitor, 120, you know, hertz, uh, you know, get something. You know, they sell plenty of them in like the three to $500 range, especially if you uh, wait for like a Black Friday or something, you could save a few hundred dollars. They, it always seemed to sell a lot of expensive monitors around Black Friday. Um, probably TVs too, but uh, it is, it's, it's not a bad thing. It just offloads more work onto the consumer if, you know, and some people don't want to. But I guess the kind of people who maybe don't care are the kind of people who just buy a 24-inch M1 iMac, maybe. Um, I do like that they bumped the 21 to the 24, and then they phased out the 21. But I think 24 is a really good size. Uh, my dad, in fact, just got one um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's been working off a little laptop and an extra monitor, but it was like a 18 or 20-inch monitor. It was a little, a little small. And um, he asked my brother for some help, blah, blah, got him. And he recommended, hey, just grab one of these iMacs. And he's super happy with it. But, you know, he's not a power user. He's just doing email, internet browsing, watching stuff, whatever. So he's super happy with it. Um, as far as the power goes, I agree. The laptops are really impressive now, especially with the the latest uh, M1 Pro and M1 Max chips. I'm very impressed by my laptop, and I, I hardly use the darn thing, honestly. I mostly got it because I was going on the trip. And I used to do a lot more with it, like with Mr. Macray. I would be testing stuff all the time. I'm not really doing that anymore. So I spent a lot of money on it, um, but I don't really have a use for it right now. Um, but there are times when I need a laptop, so I so I have one. But I've noticed, for example, using um, ScreenFlow, which is the program I use to record the podcast and YouTube videos or anything like that, um, the performance is as good or better on 
my M1 um, Pro machine as it, it's then my like souped up iMac, you know. So that was interesting. Um, so I definitely noticed that performance gap. Uh, game performance isn't at least testing Borderlands 3, which is our current most demanding Mac game. It could could be the most demanding Mac game for all time, and all in the future too, honestly, just because of the optimization. Because um, that still runs at like 60 plus on my iMac, but more like 45 on that machine, FPS. Not stable, it stutters, but that's the game optimization on any Mac machine that I've seen. So at least there's some difference there, but in terms of like, um, what do you call it, creative tasks, you know, software editing and stuff where it's clearly more optimized. It seems to match or even exceed my iMac, so I found that interesting. Um, going by some rumors, uh, Tibet Casper's in here, he's like the rumor guy. Uh, I was just on Mac rumors, and apparently there's some people saying, people means these, you know, Apple analysts. Um, some people say Apple has no intention to ever make, like, ever replace that iMac, even with a bigger one, like a 30 or 32-inch, like Ted was saying. And other people are saying, other people means, um, who is this? What are, what are these names? Ming-Chi Kuo, if I'm saying that right. Mark Gurman. Oh, yeah, yeah um, those are the big, the big rumor guys. Yeah, so they're saying in 2023, Apple may release an iMac Pro. Um, and of course, there's still the Mac Pro coming, and maybe they'll even release another display alongside it. So, you know, this isn't the end-all be-all, obviously, of Apple's hardware for all time, what we're talking about. This is just what they've introduced right now and what I largely expect to last for this, at least this year. So it's a little, it's a little, it's a little weird in 2022, at least on the display and iMac front. Give it a year or maybe two, we could suddenly, you know, this conversation could be uh, null and void. Maybe there's a bunch of options. Maybe it satisfies, you know, all of us in terms of like what we're looking for or, you know, other gamers or consumers. Um, but of course, we don't know. We're only working with analyst rumors and what we know Apple's doing today. So, yeah, some yeah. of the rumors that I find really interesting, I don't know how much stock I put in them, is we, there are a lot of talk about iMac Pro, which I, I struggle to see what room there is for that product between the Mac Studio that we just released and the upcoming Mac Pro, but I'd love to be proven wrong. I, I really like the iMac Pro. So, and then also a Mac. Not a Mac Mini Pro, but a high-end Mac Mini. So I'm not sure if that just means we're going to make we're going to bump the Mac Mini to like maybe use an M1 Pro chip or something, or an M2 Pro, I guess, if it comes mm-hmm. out next year, or if that means a separate product and the Mac Mini will continue to exist at like it's uh, what is it, 800 bucks or it's entry level price point, and then we'll have like a 1200 dollars one or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but. Yeah, it seems weird because on one hand, in, in today's or not today's Tuesday's presentation, they sort of uh, end a life to a few products, but then we see these rumors of introducing new desktops. So we'd have like the Mac Mini, the Mac high end Mac Mini, the Mac Studio, iMac Pro, Mac Pro. Oh, and I forgot I forgot the normal iMac in there as well. So um, <laughs> that's a lot of desktops. I don't know if Apple will do that or not, but. Yeah, hopefully. good point. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, you know, they do seem to be, like you said, they introduce new stuff, they end of life a thing or two. Obviously, they don't want bloat. I don't think bloat's good for consumers either. Too many options is a problem. Too few options is also a problem. There's a happy medium. 
that is also subjective because some people will say, I want 10 options, and other people will say, well, I want three. But there's like a, you know, an objective average sort of middle ground I think people could agree on. Um, and I think we've hit it for the rest of their line. I don't see it in their studio offering and certainly not the displays. Um, although I am happy there is a M1 Max studio machine. That's cool. But I would like, again, I'd like something in the middle. Uh, and I think, yeah, maybe yeah. an upgraded Mac Mini could be interesting as well, like you said, at 12 or maybe Max 1500 or something. The I one guess, sort yeah. of almost Achilles heel that I'm seeing with the M1 chips is they're obviously really good, but we see the M1, the base one that's in everything, eight, eight CPU cores, eight GPU cores, and that is about pretty much half their product line is that chip. It, then you have to jump up to the Pro chips to get specifically the GPU performance boost. So I'm wondering if hopefully maybe with the M2, they'll, they'll boost the GPU cores a bit. I'll go beyond that eight because for gaming, we eight cores is on the CPU is plenty. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody needs the 20 CPU core M1 Ultra for <laughs> gaming, but, but, <laughs> but you do, if you want the most powerful GPU. So hopefully they sort of, I, I understand they're an SOC and like, it's not like a, in olden days or it's separate chips, but hopefully they can increase the GPU performance a little bit on the base models. So you don't have to jump up to like the, the pro models if you want, if you just want a little more graphics, but uh, right. yeah, we'll I see. I think that's pretty key because <clears throat> it's interesting in what we've gained and say, you know, performance and optimization of the Silicon line. We've also lost some modularity. Because before you could just, well, I want this much RAM, this much GPU, this much CPU, roughly, you know, you can mix and match pretty much, not 100% freely, but fairly freely, even across various uh, desktops and laptops. Now it's a lot more, well, you just got to buy this or this or that. You can't really mix and match as much. I guess maybe just the RAM or something. Um, and like you were just saying, yeah, those the CPUs are super uh, overkill um, for gaming purposes. You know, I would like to see like, yeah, 10 core CPU option, but with like a 64 GPU option. (laughs) So you're not, you know, you're not paying for what you don't need essentially or don't want or maybe you never will need. Um, So it's like an all in one package that's really good, but does force you to spend more than perhaps you want. Obviously, it's ideal if you're a professional who's also a gamer and you buying it suits both your needs. Cause, Oh, you know, my work can use the CPUs and my gaming can use the GPUs. So obviously, or depending on your work, you'll also use the GPUs, but that's like an ideal world. Cause then it's easy to justify for two purposes. Um, but for the first time ever, I'm actually considering not buying like a cranked up machine in the future based on current offerings. I'm like, well, maybe I won't buy, you know, and an M1 Ultra, you know, mostly because I think the M1 Max is actually quite good um, at a 34-core, 32-core GPU and stuff. Um, and for current Mac gaming, it, it, there's there's nothing either we have or even that's coming that would exceed that machine in M1 Max. Like, in terms of, like, reason, like, you could probably get 60 FPS on a Max machine on just about any game current and even upcoming for a while. Partially because we don't have too many games coming. That's, you know, a little bit of a different discussion. But um, they're just really good machines, like even the Macs. So an Ultra would be pretty wild. Um, but unless you got a lot of coin or have a really good reason to justify 
or money could be no object. That is some people. Or you need it for your work. That's a good reason. Um, but it's like if we're talking recommendations, which I guess I suddenly am. Um, I don't think there's any gamer out there who Mac gamer specifically who needs an M1 Ultra machine. I think it's overkill. I think an M1 Max is really good though, and at least that's my estimation anyway. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I would totally agree. Obviously, that Ultra has that two times as fast graphics performance but yeah nothing really needs it right now and for two grand don't uh unless you got two grand burning a hole in your pocket don't uh don't do that <laughs> just for gaming purposes. right yeah. yeah if you could for like i don't know three to five hundred dollars bump it okay that's like not insane but yeah that like two grand force two grand it's like uh yeah you could buy two studio machines <laughs> for that price. Give one to a friend or family member, you know, um, or whatever. Um, you know, have a computer in two different places, office and home or whatnot. Um, so that's interesting. Um, what that argument could change, or my recommendation would change, <clears throat> not, excuse me, not based on Mac stuff, but only if they actually introduce boot camp. Then my opinion would change, and you could in fact use an ultra chip on games through bootcamp because there is enough demanding, you know, new gen, next gen games where you would in fact use that kind of power. But as far as the Mac space goes, gaming space goes, nah, not anytime soon. Uh, and yeah. I think a Max machine would last at least like three years, two to three years minimum in terms of like keeping up with stuff. As soon as I saw that Mac Studio, I was like, ah, I wish this machine ran bootcamp. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it ran bootcamp, I would be this it'd be pre ordered right now. because um, yeah. I have one or two games that are Windows only that I like to play. Um and if I could just boot camp, I, I would sell my gaming desktop right now and just get a Mac right. Studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so we'll see. You know, Casper's got that sort of theory that could be credible about some deal expiring with Qualcomm and Microsoft and they may develop it. Uh, the machines are capable of boot camp or of dual booting. You can, you can create a partition and install something else, just currently not windows or at least not legally. Maybe someone's done some weird hack and installed the like experimental arm version of windows. I have no idea if that's even possible. Um, but even if it is possible, it's way too weird and sketchy and hard to do. It's not officially supported by Apple and here's your drivers and, Here's your, you know, easy setup and everything. You know, that's what it needs um, to be like a thing. Um, yeah, so, so I'm generally happy with the announcements. A few caviars I'd like to see improve, but they're not done with, you know, their transitioning. When they originally announced the M1 Airs and stuff um, back in November, was it 2020, I think? Um, they said they would take to the end of 2022 to complete the transition. So we're starting to see some major shifts, but, you know, it's only March, not even mid-March. You know, there's quite a lot of time left in the year. There's WWDC. They typically sometimes do something more towards the end of the year also. So basically there's maybe, let's say, two more Apple events this year, Apple-related events, where we may see, you know, more stuff introduced, or maybe the M2 gets introduced. Like you're saying, maybe an M2 chip bumps up the GPU performance, and suddenly that's more attractive. Um... Yeah, you know, even if, you know, we sound down on a couple things right now, um, obviously there's plenty of time even just this year for Apple to come along and introduce either new things that are cool or 
bump up existing specs even more, which is a good thing for everyone. Um, yeah, because the M1, again, the M1 machines are very good, but the baseline one's a little rough for gaming unless you're doing... Well, A, unless you're only playing through, like, streaming services, well, then it doesn't matter what you have, because <laughs> all you need is good internet. Um, but, yeah, if you're wanting to physically, you know, play on your machine natively or whatever, non-natively, you need a reason. You need, you need a little more. You need, like, that 16-core, like, GPU at least, plus, like, 16 gigs of RAM. That's really your baseline if you're, like, wanting to game in any capacity. Yeah. Um, did they introduce anything else of interest? I guess it was more iPhone updates, iPad updates. There's an iPad Air, yeah. And I, I heard some controversy on the iPad Air. <laughs> it, it was, you know, Apple, I forget what, what exactly what whoever it said it was, but essentially the iPod Air was like going to perform as well as the iPad Pro. And it, and it kind of... You know why did <laughs> why did they do that? Because you know I just bought an iPad Pro. <laughs> if I had waited a couple uh, what months, maybe I could have got the new iPad Air, and I would have been just as happy. But uh, you know, I didn't buy it so much for the performance. I just thought it'd be interesting to try out the machine with the M1 chip in it. But um, you know. So I don't know a whole lot about the the air. I just you know was kind of intrigued by the fact that people are saying that it was actually performing as well as the M1, the uh, the uh, iPad Pro of the same type. So, right. And other than that, a couple was it new colored phones or something? Right. Yeah. Green I, iPhones. Yes. Yeah. Green. Green. That's yeah. Wild. For. Uh, um, one of my best buds' favorite color is green. Uh, maybe he'll get one. <laughs> I think it's a pretty weird choice for a phone color, but people can do yeah. what they want. Yeah. Um, why not, I guess. Um, yeah, no, Studio's super cool. Like Sam yeah. said, the thing holding, same thing. If boot camp was an option, and it's not because I exclusively boot camp or anything, I just want the option. I want to know I have right. the option. I don't want to lock myself out of the option, basically, at this time. Right. Um, I'm still playing. You know, there's still a few things on my backlog I want to play. Right now I'm playing through Prey from 2017. Bit of an older game, but I randomly got it for free from Amazon Prime or something. It's like, oh, I'll check this out for five minutes, and suddenly, like, three or four hours later, I'm still playing it. I'm like, wow, this game is really good. Um, spooky sort of semi-horror space game on this space station. It's actually pretty spooky at times, even though I'm, like, 10, 12 hours in. Because, uh, the, the enemies can, like, morph into various objects, like random clutter, like books and cups. You never necessarily know when one's going to, like, jump out. And you're just like, oh, I'll go over here and scavenge. And suddenly, Brah! this thing jumps your face. And you're like, ah! You know? <laughs> Hit it with your wrench. Ah, die, die, die. You have a couple guns, too. But, yeah, anyway, cool game. Sounds but, good. you know, it's not available on streaming, not available on Mac. The original Prey from like 2005 or something, totally different oh, game, was, same name. That was wonderful, yeah. That was yeah, a game. that was on the Mac, um, and it was a lot yeah. of fun. But yeah, this is a totally different one by Arcane Studios, who do Dishonored and uh, Deathloop. Really cool games, but none of these are available on Mac. They are available to stream, as a side note, but not on GeForce Now. They're available to stream through Microsoft's PC, Xbox Game Pass thingy, which we've talked about more than once. Um, so it is available to stream there, and I've noticed any game that's available to stream there is not available to stream on GeForce Now. So there's certainly some sort of exclusive 
stuff going on. Um, you know, competition stuff, streaming wars, essentially. We've talked about that before too, in various episodes. Um, uh, as far as like games go, again, there's been nothing crazy. Actually, as a total side note, Casper and I actually recorded a podcast last week that was supposed to be episode 26. This is episode 26. Um, I had a technical kerfuffle, which I didn't notice till the recording was over, um, where it only recorded about a minute of Casper and all of me. So I have all of me yakking, but that's obviously useless without all of Casper. So I was like, oh, it's just, uh, we had a, like a pre-show, like um, things we were maybe expecting or, you know, predictions, what we wanted out of the Apple event. But we also had some interesting game discussions. Sadly, that all got canned. Um, so if you're listening, Casper, sorry, I didn't actually tell him yet because I was really embarrassed. <laughs> I was going to tell him today, but he, he got stuck at a family event. I guess I'm saved. Um that was the only time. It's never happened before. So anyway, one off. But yeah, you know, again, we all prefer to game on the Mac, but we want our options. Um, it's just sensible these days. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. But waiting and see isn't bad because we already have good hardware, or most of us do anyway. I would say most of us like Mac gamers in general. Um, and playing the waiting game isn't bad because, you know, an M2 or generation will come along, which in theory will be superior. Um I haven't seen Apple take like steps back in their hardware anytime recent. There was some weird stuff in like that 2015 to 2018 range. They did a few weird things, um, which in fact, I think they downgraded at some point. But these days it's all on the up and up on the performance. Um, and I think they're largely hitting their performance goals. You know, it's really impressive stuff. Some of the pricing could maybe use a little wiggle room, but maybe we'll see that in the M2 era later this year, or next year or whatever. Yeah. I think one thing too is I know we've been a little bit negative on this podcast, but I I do really appreciate that Apple is catering to the high end market. Um, the pricing may not be exactly what we want, but at least they're at least they're trying to fill that market. I remember back in I think it was 2015 or so or 2016 when it was like the Mac Pro that was for sale was the the black trash can model that hadn't been yeah. updated in like three years. Um, <laughs> the iMacs at the time were like pretty bad. And then they like, just came with the 2016 MacBook pros, which had like massive thermal throttling issues and the horrible keyboards. Mm. And it was like, Ooh, these Macs are not looking good right now. <laughs> right. Um, in the, in the forced like plus $500 touch bars. And yeah. Oh, and the Mac whatever. mini was like some ancient model that they hadn't updated in forever as well. So, we're we're far from those days, thankfully, of like Apple yeah. selling like three year old hardware for zero discount. Um, so <laughs> now they're wanting a little bit more of my money, but at least they're selling a a brand new compelling product. Right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, again, I had some you know negative points, but I was really happy. I was at work listening to the uh, to the announcement, sort of on the side on my phone, and when they announced the studio, I was like, yes. Um, not, you know, mostly because of what it represented in terms of Apple's, um, philosophy towards the Mac, which at times, as you just mentioned, have been a little sketchy or forgotten even. Um, so it's not Mac gaming specific. It's just, you know, as an Apple fan, I've been wanting, yeah, more of a machine like this, like step in this direction. This, I think, is a good thing for Apple's product line, for Apple consumers in general. And I want to see more of it from Apple you know, more, you know, ultimately I'd want a, you know, a proper tower that isn't like $10,000. 
Um, that would be nice. But barring that, sure, I'll take I'll take a studio style machine. I love all the ports on it. I like the design. I do like that you can just grab a monitor. Still got to go do that. I wish offer Apple would offer one. Whatever. They probably won't. Not the end of the world. Um, but I hope they keep stepping in this direction and also keep, yeah, putting out impressive Mac machines, not just our iPhones are really impressive. Our iPads are really impressive. You know, arguably some of the best, you know, in the market, at least for uh, tablets. I think it's largely undisputed their dominance. The iPhone, other companies have definitely caught up. Um, so I'm really happy to see them actually put like substantial work into the Mac space. The Mac line. Because it's, yeah. yeah, like like serious and it's really good. Again, some of the prices may be a little high, but damn, the hardware is good. Um, you know, there are a lot of options, especially in the laptop range. You got you have huge range of options, you know. Um the desktops were getting there, but they're you know, we're in we're still in the transition phase by their measure only halfway through. Uh, Apple's measure, I mean. So there's you know, there's more to come with, you know, a Silicon Mac Pro, maybe an iMac Pro, uh, you know, M2 series chips. Of course, in the future we'll, you know, talk to us in ten years, you know, oh it'll be <laughs> M five or M eight or ten or who M1 Ultra Plus Pro X, who knows, whatever it'll be. But, um, you know, it makes me just, just this, this, um, they've shown an, an intent with, um, not, you know, they're willing to put in the work into the Mac again, like in a pretty big way. That makes me super happy. Not only with the start of Silicon, but with the introduction of the studio and the way they're, you know, upgrading their chips. It's like, feels good. Really big fan of that. Yeah. And it's, I didn't really expect this, but uh, Ted reminded me of it when he's mentioning the new iPad Air is on the M1 chip. Like you're seeing, I think the fruits of all this investment, where the chip they don't just put it in one machine. It's the M1's obviously in a million machines. It's including iPads, so they're. I know we touched on this many podcast episodes ago, but I'm really hoping that that pays off in terms of software support, where people start to view it as this massive stack. Um, and like we have everywhere from the M1 iPad Air for well, it's 700 Canadian, probably like 500 US, all the way up to the M1 Ultra Max Studio. We now have this huge product line that's all based off the same chip. It's just obviously more cores and more 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 GPU cores as, as you go up the stack. So it's hopefully tempting some developers, but we'll see. I guess fingers right. crossed. <laughs> Yeah, that is really interesting. I never thought of it that way because, again, yeah, we've talked about it a lot last year, especially on and off. Um, and we were talking about raising the baseline level of Max, but I never thought, uh, you know, with the M1 introduction, I never thought about it from the mobile perspective because now that those chips are trickling like backwards, so to speak. Uh, that's a really interesting point of view I never considered. I guess I thought they wouldn't do it. Or, okay, they did it in the Pro, but I thought they'd leave it on that just higher end. Um, I mean, and those things get really, you know, I think you can spend like 1500 or two grand or something on an iPad Pro if you want. They get really up there. Um, but that's super interesting that now it's in the iPad Air. Give it a year or two, maybe it's even in the basic. Yeah, the iPad Airs are 500 USD. Um, and the regular ones are 330 USD. So maybe in, I don't know, two years or something. Suddenly, the M1 chip is now just in every iPad, period. Um, and then maybe even in, heck, maybe they're even in all, all the phones. I do have an iPhone 13 now, um, <laughs> recently. I traded mine in. 
um, my XR. I, I do have the pro version with the better screen and, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? Better camera and stuff. But, um, my argument against what Sam was just saying previously was, well, there's this huge sector for iOS development, but there's a lack of crossover because, well, there's a, the games are constrained by, well, either touch design or just that hardware. So if all that hardware does get bumped, let's say in a year or two, like across the line, at least for iPads, um, that's really interesting. It's certainly more interesting. It lends more credence to our theory that it could create this big stack. Uh, well, or Sam's theory, not to uh, discredit you. Um, I'm suddenly getting excited about the idea again because I, I was excited, but sort of um, felt, not wrote it off, but I felt like there was this roadblock and I felt that roadblock was the whole iOS ecosystem um, because it is running, you know, they're they're really strong, but they're not, you know, you're not going to be running, okay, Feral and whoever is porting some AAA stuff to them, but there's visible downgrades in their graphics and stuff like that, whether it's, you know, XCOM 2 or Divinity Original Sin or what is it, Alien uh, Isolation, some of the Total War games. Yeah, Ted. I, I just got a question for you guys that have um, the <laughs> M1 uh, Mac Pros or whatever. Um, have you run into any of the games where, I mean, originally the big sell on uh, going to the M1 ships was that iOS games could be played on the Macs with, you know, it was just a developer thing. There was a slight change in the way. And I, I had talked to a developer of a game that I was interested in, and uh, he said that he had to delay releasing it because he had to change the code a little bit so it would also work on the M1 Macs. And... Um, that, but other than that, he was going to release it. And, and it just relieved me to... The thought was... Okay, all these iOS games could be played on an M1 Mac, and I don't know of anybody. I haven't heard anybody that actually does that. I thought it was going to be a big selling point in the gaming uh, uh, arena on Macs. You know, you get all of a sudden, and I don't know, you know, hardware. I mean, uh, software-wise, what would be necessary to make the games compatible, but. Um, you know, I is there any experience from you guys with that? Um, I played around with a little bit. Apple has a somewhat annoying limitation of constricting iPhone apps to be in like this windowed box that's like oh. in like an iPhone aspect ratio and stuff, which makes sense. Um Although for some game, for games that you can play in, in landscape mode, I wish I don't understand why you can't just um, play it in full screen because it's basically the same <laughs> aspect ratio, and that same game is playable on like well, usually playable on iPad, um, right? And even iPhones, like like iPhones have different aspect ratios depending on which one you have. Like the iPhone SE, like the one that holds the home button, has a much uh, less tall aspect ratio for lack of a better word whereas the new full screen ones much taller screen so that's an annoying limitation they don't when you when you hear i can play iphone games you think in your head like oh i'll just y'all boot it up and it'll run yeah <laughs> um it doesn't quite work as nice unfortunately but john might have more experience than me on that i tried to try it for um, 10 minutes i was like oh shoot this doesn't work as well as i hoped 
Okay. Yeah, it's basically uh, expectation versus reality isn't quite there. The expectation being largely like what Ted just said, oh, this is super awesome. I can suddenly just play all this stuff on my Mac. Um, But there's one or two extra problems in addition to the ones Sam just talked about, like aspect ratios or, or, you know, display size on, you know, uh, being able to resize the window or not. Um, uh, problem number one is, well, you alluded to it, Ted, developers have to, it's not by default, developers have to opt in. Uh, they have to go and like tick a box that says, yes, I consent to allow this. I guess it's some, it must be some legal contracty thing related to iOS development where it's like, it's only for this platform or some nonsense, but then you got to check a box that says like, yes, it can go somewhere else. That's somewhere else is Mac OS. I'm assuming that's the reason. Um, why a developer would not want their app on Mac? Um, my only guess is, well, what you just said, they may not want to put the time in to develop it. Maybe they don't want to suddenly have Mac users contacting them for support. Like, yo, I tried to, you know, I downloaded your iOS app and now I have this problem. And they're like, oh, I'm an iOS developer, not a Mac OS developer. Go away. I suspect that's part of the issue as well. Um, so basically, yes, it made more of a bridge um, rather than a true integration. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not great at analogies, but instead of like, I don't know, it's instead of coexisting in the same room or like a bunk bed where it's just on top of each other and you could grab it, it's more like a bridge and it's still kind of over there and you gotta you got to grab it and pull it over or drive it over. Some people have done that, you know, sure, popular stuff like Among Us, you can play it, um, you know. Uh, Gwent, which was a Witcher minigame and The Witcher 3 developed into its own standalone card game, has somewhat of a following, but never really took off the way, you know, major, you know, popular card games like Hearthstone did. Um, you know, they put out, uh, you know, an email release because I'm on their email and this was like a year ago, like, Gwent now available on the Mac. And I was like, super cool. And then I go and look at the email and it's like, you just download the iOS version. And I'm like, got Give me a break, guys. <laughs> you know, yes, technically available on the Mac, but pulled from iOS. So, but that was, they put in the work and it's pretty good and everything. So you can full screen it and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I guess the issue is a matter of consistency. It's very variable. Some are, yeah, those tiny little screens, especially on a 27-inch iMac. You know, you've got, you got this tiny little thing on your screen, you know. So it's oh, like, well, how okay. badly do you really want to play these games on your Mac? When, assuming you have an iOS device, iPhone, iPad, um, you could play it there. Especially, um, you know, they have all kinds of controllers these days. My buddy has a few, you know, wireless controllers. Or there's even little things you can, like, hook up onto the phone on the sides. And it's got buttons yeah. and joysticks. And, like, if you're serious about iOS gaming to the point where you'd want to pull it onto your Mac, I feel like at this time anyway, you should still, in most cases, with a few exceptions just still play them on your mobile, you know, your phone or your tablet, maybe grab a controller or some other fancy device, um, you know, and then you can just plop your phone or tablet somewhere and play away. I'm guessing what it'll be like is, um, I don't know if you guys owned iPads when they sort of first came out back in 2011, 2012, where all the iPhone apps would run on iPad, but it was pretty subpar experience because they would be like weird letterbox and like massively oversized buttons because it's just like blowing up the iPhone app like five times the size. So it might be similar to that is my thinking of like, 
a lot of stuff technically works on the Mac in the sense that like the developer is like, sure, you can hit install, but in a couple of years, it'll be a lot more like you think, you think of the iPad as a platform now versus 2012, 2013. It's uh, it's like night and day. I, I, I bought into the iPad Kool-Aid back in 2011 when they first came out. <laughs> it wasn't a good experience, but they're, they're very good now. And it wasn't a good experience. Like back then you still need a flash for like a ton of websites, which, uh, mm. yeah, I remember that. Yes. The, of yesteryear now, but, uh, I, I was a student. I bought an iPad thinking this is the perfect student device. I'll write on my notes. And then like, I feel like the iPad got to the point where I had it in my head in like 2018 or 17 when they released the Apple pencil. I have like, you could finally have a nice like hand drawn or handwritten notes and like basically every app you can think of like within reason is on the iPad with really, really powerful interfaces and stuff. So it might be similar to that with, with the Mac where we have this sort of 2012 iPad esque app store currently. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably playing a part as well. It's really cool. has potential. Um, ignoring the whole aspect of, well, what kind of gamer are you? Do you even want to play these kinds of games on your Mac? Let's pretend that's not a thing. And it's just, can you play these games on your Mac? Um, you know, there's a few stumbling blocks, but it's a fairly new tech. There's always room to evolve and grow um, and more adoption. I'm still more keen by the broader M1 adoption where like literally every Apple device has an M1 and then it only scales from there. That is very interesting. And it seems we're actually moving more towards that. Um, that excites me. Again, this will take time to develop into anything, assuming it does. We all hope it does. Um, it's good for any existing, you know, Mac developers, uh, you know, gaming developers, porters, whoever, um, and, you know, could be attractive to newer ones. Uh, you know, we don't really know. There's certainly, I saw like, a. <laughs> there's all these, uh, really long threads on Mac rumors. Um, the forums mixed Mac and PC, which always throws me off slightly, but never mind that. There is a lot of users over there. And anytime someone makes a thread like, Apple, please let me game on a Mac, or Mac gaming is dead, or a recent one was like, should Apple employ gaming guru leads, or like, should Apple uh, make a deal, like buy a company like Sony and Microsoft, there's all these various threads, and they have like dozens of pages, there's lots of discussion over there. If anyone listening hasn't been there and is interested in what, like, where can I go and talk about Mac gaming stuff, go to Mac Rumors, best place. I like Inside Mac Games, but frankly, it's very small community these days. Still people there, but Mac Rumors is like the happening place to be, essentially. Um, if you want to start a thread or join a thread, very active over there. Um, and I've seen a couple of people jumping in in some of these threads saying, I don't know who they are, but they say, well, I'm a game developer. And, well, for X, Y, and Z reasons, I have no incentive to try and make, you know, port my game to Mac. And then there's other people who say, well, I am incentivized by this and that. So it's always, you know, people going back and forth. Um, but we've already talked about those other realities. Apple isn't at this time going to up and buy a gaming studio. Should they? Could they? Of course, we will say yes and yes to both of those things. They have the money, obviously. Um, but it's just, just not their thing. They just don't, you know, they care about iOS gaming. Um, and for wh whether it's an image reason, reputation reason, whether it's uh, a Tim Cook just 
thinks games are for kids reason. I don't know what the reason is. I'm not saying I know Tim Cook enough to say that. Um, but, you know, he's in charge of a lot of things at Apple. So is there some investor out there in Apple who, like, hates gaming and refuses to let them get into it? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but hardware's getting better. Yeah, we just basically need software, gaming software in particular, to catch up. Maybe it will. We'll see. We'll hope. We can hope. We can't really complain about the hardware anymore, other than you could niggle the price, but the hardware is really good now, so you can't be like, the Mac is no appropriate hardware. No, the hardware is really good. Really, really good. So that's not an issue anymore. Assuming you have a reasonable M1 device. I don't think we really discussed its power, but its its power is is basically just double an M1 Max. But for context of how powerful that is, it's it's pretty much on par with a top end Intel Mac Pro, like the one that's like ten grand. Right. Um, and what's I think going to be really exciting, but obviously way out of everybody's price range on this podcast, is the upcoming Mac Pro. I I can only imagine how expensive that thing's going to be, but it's <laughs> it's theorized to have four. M1 Maxes, or it'll probably be on the M2 um, design, but at minimum four M1 Maxes, or or double the M1 Ultra. So uh, that'll be 40 CPU cores, 128 GPU cores. Um, I think it's gonna be a probably beast. an eight to ten grand baseline price. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking like maybe 10k base and like a 15k <laughs> for the chip that they're advertising. Oh, but um, it would be so glorious to have <laughs> one. Just sell a kidney or something. Um, (laughs) yeah no yeah we i as we went along i thought in the back of my head oh we didn't really discuss the exact specs but other than they're really really good um they're only going to keep getting better you know we're still on the m1 line this is the initial line of things not even like hitting its stride so to speak yeah so very exciting yep super exciting hardware um uh, the only game I'm excited about is Total War Warhammer 3. was released for PC uh, and is coming soon, TM, um, by Feral. They said in the spring um, it would come out on Mac and Linux. Uh, the other thing, okay, Casper and I talked about this in the uh, Now Lost podcast episode. Um, the possibility of uh, Casper's POV point of view was... With the Steam Deck running Linux and that getting wide adoption, there could also be some crossover benefits there to Mac gaming, maybe. Because um, the Steam Deck's it's blown up. It's sold out like in moments, all the pre-orders. My buddy was supposed to get a pre-order and it got pushed out like six months. They're already talking about making a Steam Deck 2. Uh, you know, every day there's new AAA games approved for it and like fully, fully functioning and everything. Um um, but it's a Linux platform as far as I know, I guess. So will any of that splash over to Mac? Because, for example, people like Feral who develop on Linux as well. No idea, but it's interesting at the least. Whether it develops into something substantial, I don't know. But it's interesting at the moment. Um, so between that and maybe, yeah, the M1 broader adoption in hardware, you know, maybe they're, maybe the ecosystem becomes more attractive over time for various reasons. Hard to say. Um, not being a developer myself, um, you know, it's not like, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, it's not an industry you just hop into and, like, make big bucks. Basically, unless, I guess, you get lucky and you release, like, a Smash viral hit game on your first try. It does happen, certainly. 
Um, we see that happening, whether it's on the iOS or Steam and stuff, um, Epic Game Store, whatever. It does happen to some developers. But in most cases, there's a struggle. They got to build up and, you know, build a resume and probably release a couple games. And especially if they're indie, I guess maybe if they somehow join a AAA studio, well, then that's a different story. But um, the Mac, indies are still strong in the Mac space. So that's why I'm bringing them up. Yeah. But that's basically the only game on, on my horizon, Total War, Warhammer 3, um, which by all accounts is very good, but has some optimization problems on the PC. In fact, surprisingly, it's rated mixed on Steam, but 9 out of 10, it's nothing related to the gameplay. It's all about the performance. People are upset, you know, stuttering, crashing. Um, We've got a GTX 3080 Core i10, blah, blah, and, you know, it's just stuttering and crashing and, you know, yeah. So I guess by the time it hits us, hits us Mac and Linux, in theory, um, performance will be much improved. So that's the upside, I guess. <laughs> and that's about it for me. And anything else for you guys, upcoming of interest? or? I think that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, there's your uh, peak performance event discussed mostly around the studio. Exciting stuff. Um, and, yeah, I'm curious... Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to get our hands on one sometime, one of the team members. Of course, a couple of us just bought new machines, like Casper <laughs> and I. Um, or Ted, you were just talking, you bought a you know, well, new quote-unquote iMac for your wife, with your wife. Um, I think, Sam, you also have a new uh, uh, M1 Pro, right, or Max? Yeah, the 14-inch M1 Pro, the, just the base model. Right. Cheapest 14-inch um, yeah. you can get. So probably not rushing out the door yet to acquire mm. new hardware like a studio, but... There could be things in the future that change our minds and we end up with a you know a couple studios kicking around the team and you know we'll be able to yak more about it then. But for now that'll do us. So thank you guys for being here. Thanks for everyone for listening and we will see you next time. All right. Take care. Sounds good. See you guys. A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, MacGameCast.com or in all major podcast directories. If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.